0: Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's get into it, Mini. Um, right off the bat, we actually have some really good news for you guys, uh, for you Tommy hockey fans. Uh, it was actually just announced earlier today, excuse me. It was actually just announced earlier today um, at about 1 p.m. that uh, junior transfer Jake Seibel, or Sibel, um, has made quite the splash since suiting up for the purple having racked up one ccha goaltender of the week award and earlier today was now named the monthly goaltender of the month award Uh, the isanti minnesota native enjoyed an early season mid-career renaissance Since joining St. Thomas in the offseason, he's played in three contests so far in the month of October and has earned himself career lows in save percentage and goals against average and is now the first goaltender of the month, award recipient of the 23-24 CCHA season. Saibel has played in three games to start the season, like I mentioned. He made 22 saves on 24 shots on the road against Minnesota. 15 saves on 16 shots at home in a win over Lindenwood, and 27 saves on 28 shots on the road against Bemidji State. His 1.36 goals against average is best to mark at this point in the CCHA and ranks 6th sixth, in the entire country, stopping 64 of 68 shots faced to start the season. His 9.41 save percentage is second highest in the conference and top 10 in the nation and lastly he is the first Tommy to win <coughs> excuse me a CCHA uh monthly honor award so in program history so huge congratulations to him um you know I can't help but think if uh you know if he can keep up this level of play and um the um the Tommies can uh you know get the offense going you know, the sky's the limit for this team that, you know, won eleven games last year. So yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh the Tommy hockey team is coming off of a disappointing sweep um up in Bemidji at the hands of the Bemidji State uh Beaver uh Beavers, sorry. Um Friday night, um they opened with a uh, two to three loss, um, making it a one goal game in the third period, and then just not being able to <coughs> excuse me find the equalizer. Um, before getting uh, shut out Excuse me, um, the second night, uh, with the second goal being uh, an empty netter as the Tommies tried to tie it up late. So, um, you know, I think. You know, not in a bad way, but I think this Tommy team has struggled a little bit in the early parts of the season. Um, you have to go back to uh, their first game against Lindenwood, so four games, three, four games ago, until they scored more than uh, three goals. Um, and it was maybe a little bit of false hope, maybe a little bit of, you know, rejuvenation playing against top-ranked teams. Um, but they the Tommies put up... Two five goal games in their first three games of the season. Obviously, winning the five to four overtime thriller over the St. Cloud State Huskies. And then um, the second one coming in that five to six overtime loss to the uh, University um, of Minnesota Gophers. But, um, I mean, yeah, like I said, the season is still really young. They have one, two, three, four, five, six games still left in November. Um, all of December, all of January, um, and pretty much all of February before the season will wrap up that first weekend in um March. So still a lot of hockey to be played. Um, you know, kind of stumbled out of the gate here. Um, in CCHA play, um, they're getting ready to take on Northern Michigan at home this upcoming uh, weekend. Um, November 3rd on Friday, it'll be at 7.07 and then, um, at the St. Thomas Ice Arena. And then Saturday's game will be at 6.07 at the St. Thomas Ice Arena. So, um, yeah, once again, congratulations to Jake Seibel and, you know, hopefully this team can, um, you know, start scoring some more goals like they did earlier in the season to start off the year. Um... Uh, The girls are coming into this weekend against yet another tough opponent um, getting ready for Minnesota-Duluth this upcoming weekend. And they're hoping um, in one of the two games, if not both, uh, to snap their six-game losing streak. Now, don't get me wrong, their six-game losing streak is very much in part two, playing the number 4th ranked University of Minnesota Gophers, then going on to take on number 2 Ohio State, and then going on to take on number 1 Wisconsin. And I gotta say, I was pretty blown away this last weekend, how relatively close um, they were able to play Wisconsin. They essentially had them, uh, Wisconsin went uh up four to three only by a goal going into the third period in the first game before adding that insurance goal to make it five to three. Um and then in the third and then in the second game, yeah, obviously, you know, they got shut out. Um But um Frank still managed to make thirty nine saves, so I consider you know that a good game. Wisconsin only managed a goal each period. So, again, you know, a six-game losing streak is, you know, tough to sink your teeth into, obviously. Um, but they are getting ready for their first <coughs> away series of the season um, going up to Duluth. um against the bulldogs they will uh play at 6 p.m. on friday and then 3 p.m. on saturday at, in amsoil arena and um yeah i mean the same kind of thing for the women's team you know when um when they're not playing one of the top you know five teams in the nation they were able to put up some decent numbers, you know. Franklin Pierce they scored twelve total goals. Lindenwood they put up eleven. Um, so I think you know the scoring is the scoring's there. You know this team is <laughs> just kind of has to get back on track. Um, you know playing these tough teams. I mean Wisconsin, Ohio State, Minnesota. I want to say all three of those teams have made the. Um, the National um, frozen for, I think, like the last two or three consecutive years. So it's going to be tough for them to get out of this division but or this conference. But I think in due time, they will be able to carve out a place for themselves in, um, in the WCHA. So yeah, I can't wait to see what they do against Minnesota Duluth. No new news. Um, On the basketball teams, however, we are getting close, people. In fact, by the time we come on next um, with you guys, um, a week from today on the 8th, both (coughs) men's and women's basketball teams will be underway as the season opener for the men's basketball team will be on November 6th, this upcoming Monday at 8 p.m. as they take on the California Bears Their home opener will be the very next game, and that'll take place on November 10th against Idaho State. Um, The Tommies will open up their, the women Tommy basketball team will open up the season with a high task at order. Um, They will take on the Drake Bulldogs, as the Bulldogs earned an at-large bid for the NCAA tournament this last um, season, um, it doesn't look like they are currently ranked right now. But um, you know, teams that made it to the previous um, excuse me the previous March Madness are never to be taken lightly. Their game will also their first game will also be on the road as they will be in Des Moines, Iowa at six p m on monday the sixth and then uh the women's home opener will be the on the eleventh on Saturday at three p m as they will take on u w river falls so super super excited um for all you basketball fans college basketball fans out there can't wait to see them underway and um yeah, next up for this um Excuse me for this um football team, they are coming off of an impressive uh, 49 to 14 win uh over the Marist uh Red Foxes. Opened up a huge a 21 to nothing lead after the first quarter and at halftime when the wife and I left the game, uh, they were currently uh, hanging on to a 35 to 7 lead, um, to which uh, the Tommies would attack on 14 additional points in the second half, and Mars would get another touchdown <coughs> themselves. And um, very much, you know, like we've talked about all season, this game, it, this team <coughs> is very much a. Uh, a running team as um they gained two hundred and sixty eight yards once again on the day. Um Sean Shipman led the way with a hundred and twenty one yards. Hope at um whereas Hope at a bio and Gabriel able Gabe Abel both rushed for two touchdowns apiece. Um guys this um this rushing tandem between Shipman, Hope, and Gabe. They rushed for a total of five five of the seven touchdowns. Um, Amari Powell would throw the other two, as you would find. um, Colin Chase for a 41-yard bomb, and Andrew McElroy for a 16-yard touchdown. Another (laughs) great game for the football team, it'll be interesting to see what happens coming down the stretch here. They are currently in third place. Both um, Davidson and Drake are undefeated in Pioneer Football League play. So it's looking like it's going to be tough for the Tommies to repeat as Pioneer Football League champions. Uh, And the only reason I say that is because um, they don't play Davidson this year. In fact, um, they're gearing up... (laughs) Excuse me, they're gearing up to go to San Diego, California to take on the uh Torreos um this Saturday. And then they'll take Valspario. Spario. So the only hope the Tommies have is that Drake loses their last two games. And Davidson is able to lose at least one if you know we're able to have the tiebreaker, if not the last two. Um, but if nothing else so far, assuming they win these next two games, this will be another successful season. You know, it was a tougher um it was a tougher non-conference schedule than we, you know, kind of foresaw. And you know, this is still new. The Division One era is still very new to us. <clears throat> so being able to escape this year with a nine and three record, um nine and three record, uh seven and one in conference play is no um, small feat, um, but yeah, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to say the least. Um, and then, lastly, before we jump into our um, local business shout out and professional sports, um, the Gophers are gearing up for a game, excuse me, a game in Huntington Bake Stadium against the Illinois Fighting Illini. One quick thing about uh for the football team before we get into that um is that um I'm sorry I was going to say something about the team um but I am now drawing a blank. I'm now drawing a blank. So um yeah, I have to say, you know, that that Michigan State game was a good game. Um, hopefully they can carry I mean they're currently on, you know, they you know, two game winning streak. They've won three of their last four. Um and they you know, I hope they can bring that into their next two games here against uh Illinois and then Purdue. They got four games left. It's gonna be tough to beat Ohio State, but I think if they can find a way to win, beat Illinois, beat Purdue, beat Wisconsin and keep the Ohio State game close. It'll be another good season um for PJ Fleck and the football team, but that still remains to be unseen. But yeah, hopefully they can keep on those winning ways. Once again, um you know, I I gotta say, even in that Michigan State game, I was able to watch some of that. The um <coughs> the offense once again did not look stellar, but this defense, gosh, this this Minnesota Gophers defense. Has to be one of the top in the nation. Like this defense deserves to be a team on a team that's ranked in the top 15 in the country. Maybe not the top 10, but somewhere between 11 and 15 because God, they are just playing lights out week in and week out and setting this offense up to be successful. So it's really sucky and shitty to see our defense go out, force a three and out, get a punt. And then see the offense go three and out, and then the defense has got to get right back out there. You know, so hopefully against Illinois and Purdue, um, PJ Fleck and the offense can get things going so that they can um put up some points against Ohio State and Wisconsin. Um But well, we're just gonna have to wait and see. Now for our local business shout-out, um I'm doing something a little unorthodox. Um, like I mentioned um, earlier, um, this last uh, within this last week, my wife and I, um, with my sister in law and her husband, went to the Tommy football game. Uh and gosh, I was talking to my her husband because he went to St. Thomas too. He was a Tommy, and it was. I I'm coming up on like ten years since I graduated from there and I wanna say that's the first time in like the last five or six years that I've been on campus. I lived off can I uh I lived in Saint Paul in that area for the first couple of years after Saint Thomas. So I remember going up for some stuff. <clears throat> but since moving out of Saint uh Saint Paul back in what was that? Um like sixteen or seventeen. I haven't been. No, seventeen or eighteen. I haven't been there. So sorry, I'm getting off topic. Um St. Thomas is beautiful. Um we checked out the uh the official uh Tommy store and all that kind of stuff. So like I said we're doing something a little unorthodox tonight um for the uh shout out a local business shout out we're just gonna do the University of Saint Thomas, guys. This is the time. <laughs> um, you know, I know Division three, Division two sports aren't you know unless you, um, you know, went there yourselves, aren't you know talked about nearly as much as Division one is, uh, regardless of if it's FCS or FBS. Um, but Division one sports um, are a big deal. So I'm telling you guys right now, obviously, you know, you go where you go. Uh, You're the fan of, you know, where you come from and all that kind of stuff. But if you're looking for a bandwagon to jump on sooner rather than later, jump on the Tommy's bandwagon. Um, They got a lot of things going for themselves. Uh, If you're in high school, I urge you guys go check out the campus. It's beautiful. They're doing a lot of great things there. Um, But specifically their store... um, if you're interested, it's in the Anderson Student Center. It's on the corner of, um, what's that, uh, creton and Summit, uh, Creton and Summit, and um, <laughs> yeah, go check it out. Or if you guys, just like me, are avid online shoppers, I would urge you go to uh, TommySports.com. And then in the purple banner, if you go all the way over, um, right before you get to the links for social media, <coughs> you can go on shop and you can, um, you can buy everything and anything: shirts, long sleeves, uh, crew necks, um, backpacks, drinkware, bibs, chairs, headwear, decals, um, jackets, everything you can think of. So. Like I said, I personally can't say enough about, uh, the University of Saint Thomas. Uh, it was a tremendous school for me. Super proud to be uh, a Tommy alumni. And I urge you guys to check it out. Like I said, if you guys are looking for a school to transfer to, looking for a college to go to, go check them out. I understand Saint Thomas isn't going to be perfect for everybody. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but um. I think you guys would be uh, surprised uh, considering just a couple years ago this, um, 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 they went D1, so go check them out, um, you can find them on just about all the social medias, um, like I said, com. go all the way to the right on the banner to do, uh, the uh, uh the shop and then yeah you can find them on Twitter or it's called X now uh Facebook they got an Instagram profile uh a YouTube channel and all that kind of fun stuff so uh yeah before we jump into the wild and the timberwolves did want to give a quick shout out uh earlier tonight the excuse me the um you know we're coming at you late like uh we usually do but earlier tonight the uh Texas Rangers dispatched of the um Arizona Diamondbacks um in game five to win their first World Series title in franchise franchise history. So a huge congratulations um to them and an even bigger congratulations to um Corey Seeger. Who was announced oh what the heck happened? Who was announced the twenty twenty-three World Series MVP and is only the fourth um, player to win it twice, which is a huge accomplishment, so congratulations to him. Um, he joins Hall of Famers Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, and Reggie Jackson. Only Seeger and Jackson, uh, who uh, won the honor in 73 with the A's, and in 77 with the Yankees, accomplished it with different teams. Um, So, yeah, uh, super, super incredible for him. Really cool. <laughs> Seager homered three times, um, or in three of the five World Series games. Uh, he went 6-for-21, hitting uh, 286 with three home runs, one double, three walks, six RBIs, and six runs scored. So... Like I said, um, you know, Minnesota Primary uh podcast but love to give uh love to shout out um and give credit when credits to uh Texas had an incredible run and um this is crazy from a team that lost 100 games last year. So, yeah, huge congratulations to them and um onward and upward in the MLV. <laughs> so <clears throat> uh for the wild, I I got to be completely honest with you guys. Um I love watching the Wild and I usually do a good job of watching them whether they win or lose. But I got to say I I've done a terrible job of watching them. I want to say I watched the entirety of the Florida and Toronto games. Um and then other than that, I only caught a little bit here and there of the l a game and the Edmonton game, other than that, I haven't really watched a ton um the one thing I will say is you know they're currently um excuse me on a three game excuse me skid here um and despite um and despite starting uh 2 and 1 they've lost, you know, 5 of their last 6. Now I understand against Columbus. They lost an OT so they were able to escape with a point there. Um just like um with the uh game against Washington they lost in a shootout, but you know, a loss is still a loss. Um you know, like I said, not, not really being able to watch much of, you know, the Philadelphia, Washington, or New Jersey game. Um, I don't know. Like, obviously, we need to do a better job of, you know, not allowing six, you know, goals, you know, four goals, seven goals against Toronto. Like, <laughs> we got to tighten up on the back end. And truthfully, I haven't watched enough of the Wild so far to say it's Gustafson slash Fleury's fault. Or it's our defense's fault, you know. They gotta tighten up. But the overall, you know, top to bottom, you know, it starts with the forwards, defensemen, and you know, we gotta do a better job. You know, looking at some of the, um, you know, simple stats, um, you have to do a better job. Like this team so far is special teams, and it seems like the last couple years they the Wild have struggle on special teams coming out of the season and then somewhere down the line typically find their groove but you got to be better on these um you know on um um like on penalty kills you have to be better you know a better discipline not giving up a huge um um huge Things of that nature and all that kind of stuff. Now, I know we're without Jared Spurgeon. He is unbelievable. Uh, we're without Alex Goligosky. And um, as of uh, earlier today, tonight, we're without Freddie Goudreau. Matt Boldy is back. Um, but you got to figure it out. you got to figure it out. And you kind of ho- hope and you're thankful that this is happening now rather than in the middle of the season. We're at the end of the season because this is a team that is very talented. Um, they've got to string some games together here. You know, hopefully they can bounce back tomorrow night hosting uh, the New Jersey Devils. Um, but yeah, next on docket for this team, they got the Devils uh, tomorrow night at 7. Saturday, they will host the New York Rangers at 7 before going on a New York road trip on Tuesday, November 7th at 6.30. They will be playing the Islanders. The 9th, they'll play the Rangers. And then the 10th, they'll play Buffalo. But uh, we'll we'll preview and kind of go over those games the next time we're on. So that's what we got for the Wild. As for the Timberwolves, gosh, they... Wow. Like, if you look at this game that they won earlier tonight against the defending champions. This is proof that if the Timberwolves play their brand of basketball and play the way they are capable of and the way they know they're capable of, there's no one in the league we cannot beat. We beat a team led by Nikola Jokic, no triple-double, um. Yeah, you know, he got off twenty five points and ten rebounds. He only had three assists. Dude shot eleven of twenty three from the field. Michael Porter Jr. two of eleven from the field. Jamal Murray five from five for six from the field. Um. You know, and then you look all the way down here from the field. We help, I mean, this <laughs> Timberwolves team just did an outstanding job on the defensive end and. I think that's where. That's what it boils down to. is defense. I mean, this um this Timberwolves team went wire to wire against arguably the best team in the league until they are beat in the playoffs. They are um the team to beat and the best team in the NBA, especially with the reigning MVP too. Um, but it is tough because they had a nineteen point lead. At halftime what was it, a couple, yeah, two nights ago um, in Atlanta. And then they just completely shit the bed and couldn't close out the game. They scored 15 points in the third quarter and 19 in the third quarter to lose by 14 freaking points. Um, You know, and again, in that Atlanta game, you look up and down the offensive side of things, and it wasn't a bad offensive game. Anthony Edwards finished with thirty one, uh, and then you had Carl Anthony Towns with sixteen, um, Rudy Gobert fourteen, Nasrita, had thirteen, Jordan McDaniel uh, Jordan McDaniel's had um, twelve, and um, Shake Milton had ten. So up and down the lineup, they you know they didn't have a bad offensive game. They just couldn't get it done defensively. And then obviously tonight is proof of what can happen when they can close out games. I I remember talking endlessly last season with a bunch of friends and stuff like that that the Timberwolves were finishing the standings um, two games behind the Golden State Warriors who had the sixth seed. And had they gotten that one, they wouldn't have had to play in the play-in tournament. And they finished, I think it was four or five games um, behind the Phoenix Suns, who had the fourth seed. Which would have meant we would have hosted a series. I can easily think of like 15 games where we had... 18 19 point leads in the third quarter that we just couldn't hold on to, or you know, eight to 10 point get leads late in the fourth that we just couldn't hold on to. So, closing out games, um, being better at that, um, giving a full defensive effort for 48 minutes is going to be key because, again, you know, we talk about it with hockey, we talk about it with basketball because they're long seasons you would hate to see another instance where the Timberwolves fall in that 7th seed, lose the first game, and then have to win their second game to make the playoffs and be only a couple games behind, you know, the second, third, you know, fifth seeds and all that kind of stuff. And you look at some of these games, like against Atlanta, where you're like, shit, like if that game would have gotten, you know, if we would have gotten two or three more games to go our way that we had huge leads in, we'd have a lot better of a an opponent in the uh, in the first round, a favorable opponent in the first round. So yeah, again, four games into the season, um, even earlier in the season than be and than the NHL. But you got to make these games count, um, and yeah, so. Um, Coming up for the Timberwolves, they will play host to the Utah Jazz uh, this Saturday at 7 before getting a visit from the Boston Celtics on Monday at 7 p.m. And then the night of the next podcast, Zion Williamson and the Pelicans will come to town at 7 p.m. for a matchup before the team hits the road for a five-game road trip. So that is what we have for the Timberwolves. Um now we will move on to the um the Vikings and the NFL, our last segment of the night. Uh so obviously, um for those that were able to catch the end of the Vikings um Packer game this last week. Um A lot of mixed feelings. A lot like great overall, great team effort. (laughs) Great win. Um, Cam Akers got us our first rushing touchdown of the year. Kirk Cousins played out of his mind. Um, KJ Osborne had a great game. (laughs) Receiving wise, uh, excuse me, um, Jordan Addison had another great game. KJ Osborne had a great game. Powell had a Solid outing. Um, However, we did lose um, our fearless leader, Kirk Cousins, to a season-ending Achilles injury. And I have to say, um, although I've always been one of the first ones to critique him, uh, the first ones to... um, harp all over him and get all over him about shit. Um he's gonna be missed very much. Uh it sucks. We hope he gets healthy. Um sounds like his uh surgery already happened. Uh sounds like Aaron Rodgers reached out to him, which is awesome. Kinda give him you know a couple things to look for and do um for that um, but yeah, um, really quickly before we move on too much, I did just want to go over. Um, we are past the trade deadline, uh, of, I think it was like three or four o'clock our time on Halloween. And we did make two trades. Um, one, um, we, we sent, uh, da, 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 da um we traded for Joshua Dobbs um and we sent a conditional 7th round pick in the 2024 draft for a 2024 6th round pick um and Dobbs and if that wasn't enough um we already we essentially committed to um Dalton Risner or Risner as our um Guy on the line now, as we traded away Ezra Cleveland uh, for a 2024 sixth round pick um, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) So, yeah, those were the um, couple of trades that were made um, on Halloween by the Vikings. Um, A lot of people reached out, wanted to know what I thought about um, what's going to happen at um, the quarterback spot. It has been announced that Jared Hall will start at Atlanta. I had a feeling that um he would be our guy unless we traded for um someone like Tannehill or Keenum. But the fact that we got Dobbs, um, I kinda had a feeling we were getting, we were look, we essentially people kind of freaked out. Like, what are we doing? One way or another, we had to get um we had to get a. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We had to sign or trade for another quarterback. Um, and the reason I say that is because if you currently look at our depth chart, um, with Kirk Cousins out, Nick Mullins is on the IR, and we have Sean Mannion on our practice squad, so. Before we traded for Dobbs, we had two QBs not on the IR, and only one was active. So the bottom line was we needed to beefen up the room whether it was going to be a starter or not. So I was not surprised um, to see us trade for somebody, or I thought maybe we would um, assign somebody as well. Um, but hey, you know, it happened. Uh, what's done is done. And um, yeah. So, um, yeah, with that, kind of looking forward to the Atlanta game, you know, it It sucks having to kind of look forward knowing that Kirk isn't going to be our guy. But truthfully, I would love if uh, Jaron Hall was a second coming of Tom Brady. Um, But we just don't know that yet I think Jaron Hall Honestly has the potential to be Solid Has the potential to be A great quarterback And I think I'm sure what a lot of people Are telling him um, Is what I'm going to echo to The best thing he can do for us going forward Is to be himself In college he was known as a dual threat quarterback He wasn't necessarily a Jalen Hurts Wasn't necessarily, you know, a Justin Fields who was just running recklessly all the time and running all the time. Um, but he was able to pick up yards with his feet and throw the ball too. And I think he's got to do just that. You know, I think hopefully Kirk's in the building, which I'm sure he is and is coaching him up. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I think set Tom Brady, um, Tom Brady, uh, Patrick Mahomes. um, Why am I Uh, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning? Apart, like the elite quarterbacks, apart from these other guys, is they have that internal clock in their head. You know, it's hike. It's one, two, three. And if you're not throwing the ball by three, you got to move your feet, whether you're running or whether you're buying yourself more time. Just because that is how it works. Like Tom Brady played for what 22 seasons the dude had barely over a thousand rushing yards so he didn't run a ton but when he did it was effective so knowing when he can do that um and all that uh all those uh sorts of things um you know i think i think it'll be an ugly game uh, I think we're going to win um right now the atlanta again, I, my falcons are one point favorites after everything that went down um but before we do that, why don't we get into my um where do we go here <laughs> my uh pick and or my lock and my upset for the week so Let's see here. I'm sorry, it's reloading now here. Okay, let's see. So my lock of the week. The Browns, um the Browns are playing the Cardinals this week, uh, and they're eight point favorites. Hammer that. Um, with a lot I, I think there's gonna be a lot of close games uh to be expected in week nine. <clears throat> For me it was hard to find a favorite to like more than this one. Um, because it's Mild Garrett, Grant uh, Depplett, uh Denzel Ward, and defensive friends against a limited limited offense that is going to be starting Josh Dobbs. Um, no, sorry. Let me trade for him. Um, it's not going to be him, but I think the advantage for the Browns is knowing the offensive tendencies of Drew Petsing, who was a QB coach for Kevin Stefanski last season. Um so I, yeah, I got the Browns winning comfortably 23 to 10. And then my upset of the week, the Eagles are 3-point favorites over the Cowboys. Look, I've talked about this before. I'm not a huge Cowboy fan. I'm not even a big Dak fan. I think both of them are average at best. But there's no way to slice it. Right now Dak Prescott is red hot. Um and but so is Jalen Hurts. I think this should be a fun, even matchup where the running games will, I think, both be contained. It's going to come down to a shootout between the receivers and tight ends. Both QBs are going to be dealing downfield, so it comes down to facing key pressures. But I really do think Micah Parsons will come through for Dallas in that area versus Hertz at key moments. So with that, I think the Cowboys' efficient brand of offense pays off here in a mild upset. Like I said, the Eagles are only three-point favorites. I have the Eagles winning this one uh, 31-28 to to make the NFC East a real race. Um, And yeah, like I said, I I still think the Vikings are going to win here. But excuse me in this game. Excuse me about that, um. But yeah, we will just wrap up for the night. Um, I think we're gonna win. I think it's going to be a you know a relatively close game. I see this being a um. Like twenty. Twenty uh, th- 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 kind of going back and forth here. Um, it's gonna be like a twenty six to um, twenty three or 26-21 game, I think. Um, I think uh, Jaron Hall struggles that bit, but I think he ends up having uh, a nice game. I actually made predictions for how how his stat line was going to be. I think he's going to throw one pick. I think he throws three touchdowns and like 290 or something like that. So I think all things considered, he has a decent game. I think we just are going to need to be patient. Um, He's going to come out of the gates, um, you know, you know, looking like a rookie because he hasn't started in a regular season game yet. So um with that offensively, I think despite uh the um I'm gonna go twofold. I think the Vikings um no not twofold, sorry. I think the Vikings are going to rush for over a hundred yards. Um it's worth noting with this prediction, um, that two Excuse me. Only two times in the first eight weeks have the Vikings rushed for over a hundred yards in a game, so that is going to be an easy feat. And then on the the defensive side of things, um, it's a backup versus backup matchup. Um, Desmond Ritter got benched, so that means that Mister uh, Tyler or Taylor Heineke is going to be in um, the game. Um. So. I think we are going to intercept um Taylor uh twice um this Sunday and <clears throat> route to our twenty six to twenty one win and then hopefully can build some confidence out, uh, off of this game. And it is worth noting if Jaron Hall can get it through get through this game in the New Orleans game, he will have Jay Jettis back. So give the ball to the playmakers, have fun. Um but be smart and don't try to be anybody but yourself. So with that, remember this podcast about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at MiniWeekend. And email is MiniWeekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Mini.